Anyway, since we seem to be out of witnesses, I thought I'd drink a little. Okay, we're recording. Hi, everybody. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week, uh, back to the Straight Law Cocktail. This is the first week that Rob has actually poured me a Straight Law Cocktail. Um, we're not in the same office, but we're in the same office building. So thanks for the drink, Rob. You're welcome. And again, my website, the Straight Law Cocktail, one ounce is of gin. In this case, we're drinking Hendrix. And uh, two ounces of sherry. And again, we're drinking uh, Tito Pepe. And what do you think? It's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's not like earth shattering, but no. neither are we. <laughs> uh, it's all a good fit. So, so we're talking about today. Afternoon, or we're doing our Sri Lanka cocktail. Um, I'm about ready to lose my mind today with technology. So um, can't get my email on my phone because uh, somehow uh, Office 365 is telling me that I don't have such an account. Uh, makes me want to shoot it, but anyway. Um, so what are we going to talk about today? Uh, I already asked you that. You tell us. What, yeah, what do you want to talk about? Well, I thought we'd talk about um, how much money you make. Not you and me. Oh. Uh, but in the context of uh, working on family law matters, that is usually a pretty central issue, particularly yeah. for child support, but also for spousal support. Yeah. And uh, it's a big enough pain in the ass for a lawyer, but if people happen to be representing themselves, um, it's a much bigger pain in the ass to ask yeah. that question of your ex-spouse or partner. Yeah. How much money do you make? Yeah. So to start, uh, typically what we'll do is, is, you know, lawyers, if there's two lawyers on a file, we have this thing in Alberta called a notice to disclose. And so there's 16 items on there and we exchange all of those right off the bat uh, to try and figure out well, how much money and what sort of assets and what sort of debts does everybody have? Uh, and the first, let me see, I, I have it up on my screen here. The first, I think nine items, uh, eight items, they all pertain to how much money somebody makes. And like you say, that's relevant for child support, spousal support. And so the place that we usually start uh, is uh, uh, either an income tax return, uh, which is number one on the list, or a notice of assessment, which is number two on the list, or uh, number three, which is a statement of earnings from an employer. Um, so oftentimes, you know, if you're starting out and you have a self rep on the other side of the file, or it's two people who've been talking about this, uh, they'll have exchanged, uh, you know, one pay stub or something from their employer. Uh, and then they say, okay, well, that's how much money I make. Let's just go with that. And, uh, and this quicker that somebody wants to say, Hey, just accept this, just accept this. Don't ask any more questions. The more questions you should probably have. And so, um, yeah, so basically, uh, how much money somebody makes, that's a good starting point to figure out, well, what does their employer say they're making? But then there's a whole bunch of other considerations, whether they have rental income, dividend income, if they own their own company, if, if they just get dividends from a company that they uh, partially own or have, have uh, some stock in, 
uh, is all another consideration. There's also issues of uh, family trusts and things like that. So um, what do you have to say about all that, Rob? Well, I guess I'm looking at it from the perspective of somebody who doesn't have a lawyer. Okay. Okay. Um, I think a podcast generally or, or, or a YouTube channel is uh, to some degree aimed at people that aren't in the profession. Okay, good. And so I think um, I look at it from a more fundamental perspective. So a lot of people, they want to get things worked out. And so they know they need some idea of what the income of the other person is. And so what I often see, uh, particularly for women who tend to be in the lower income position, unfortunately, um, is uh, they want to get some information and it's difficult to know what to ask for. Uh, and sometimes the person on the other side isn't exactly cooperative. Okay. So, so I, I was looking at it from a way simpler point of view. So, so let me give that person a little advice. Separated and, and they want to know what their husband's income to figure out child support. Yeah. Or they, they have an order and they want to know whether it should be reviewed. So the first thing I think that's very important, and I've been dealing with this on a couple of files lately, is if you've already got an order and you want to review the order, request information in writing. Too often what I get is, well, I asked my husband and he didn't give it to me. And I asked him a hundred times and he didn't give it to me in the last two or three years. And it's really important because the law generally allows you to potentially make a retroactive claim back in the past um, if you've made a formal request. And that doesn't mean you have to file a court document. Yeah. So rather than ask your former spouse or partner, can you give me some information? Put it in writing. Send an email. Send Text a text message is even okay. Send a letter and keep a copy. So that two years later, when you finally get the information from his deadbeat, you can say, I've been asking him for two years, and here's a copy of the letter, the email, whatever I sent to him, and yeah. he hasn't given me the information. And yeah. the court, in most cases, if his income uh, justifies it, they're going to go back two years to give you that support for whatever it should have been. So that's kind of my first comment is, it's really simple saying, if you want information, ask for it, and ask for it in a way that you can document to a court. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. That'd be my first. Yeah. What do you think of that? Yeah, definitely. I've got quite a few files where I've had to had that argument. And so I've got one right now that I think is headed towards uh, some sort of trial or hearing. And uh, yeah, our client's evidence is going to be, I asked him on these days and I kind of have some calendars where we talked about parenting time and I marked these calendars that I asked him, um, but that was during exchanges. So, you know, that's, that's at least evidence that there was, that something happened. Uh, they're historically correct, it's, but better off would be, let's have some emails, some text messages. That would be, that's what you want for sure. Yeah. Not only that, but let's not linger on it. If it doesn't work, you gotta come, you gotta go, you can go file a court document on your own. There's some resources to help you as a self-represented litigant or go get a lawyer. Don't linger on it forever, for sure. Yeah. Um, and then as far as what kind of disclosure you should get, as much as a pay stub is good, and that's something I talked about, uh, if you get an income tax return, a full income tax return, not the notice of assessment, the thing that 
that person has filed when they claim their taxes, that's going to be some really good evidence as to what kind of income they have, right? And so that says, so, hey, I'll, go ahead, sorry. So, so you go to your, your ex and you say, uh, I want to know what you're earning. And it gives you three pay statements. I go, that's what I'm earning. Why isn't that good enough, Tyler? Why do you want a tax return? Because they might be making money from all sorts of different sources. They might have switched jobs mid-year and had some a higher income before or lower income before that might be relevant. They might be having, you know, it could be rental income, it could be corporate income, uh, lots of different sources. So that income tax return, if they're, you know, it's going to document at least what sources of income they have. And then you could delve into a little bit, well, how accurate is that as far as a representation of what they should be paying in child support or spousal support? So why not a notice of assessment? Husband comes notice. back and gives you his notice of assessment for 2019. It says there, that's what I earned. Line 150 is $75,000. That's good enough. Yeah, notice of assessment doesn't break down the income sources in the way that we need to. An income tax return is going to say, this is how much I made on rental income, and this is how much I claimed as expenses on rental income, and this is my net rental income or loss. Uh, for example, if they have a little rental suite or a bedroom they rent out or whatever. And so that, that's so valuable to know. And then you could, for example, question, well, how much personal benefit are they getting out of that deduction that they said was an expense to maintaining the rental suite or whatever. So that's the breakdown that you need. And it's fairly easy enough to look at and, and be able to see, okay, this is income and these are deductions they've claimed. And then here's the net income on the other side. So, okay. so what if you look at their tax return, you finally get them to give that to you and you see an entry for dividend income, what does that tell you? Or what should so, a person do with that? So if someone's getting dividend income, that means that they have shares in a corporation that uh, pay dividends on occasion. And so you're gonna to wanna to delve into that and know what kind of interest do they have in that corporation? You know, how much of it do they own? Do they control it? Does their family control it? Uh, and where does the money go from that corporation? Well, some of it's going to this person, uh, but are they deferring it? Is, there, are they, is the corporation holding on to a bunch of money that could be paid out, that could be benefiting that child? Uh, or is the money going to a family member or a new spouse that, uh, you know, is a way to make it look like they're not getting it, but they, they could be and should be? So, so someone's income could be higher than what the company pays them from the company? Right. So maybe talk about that a little bit. How, how does that work? Yeah, so I mean, there's lots of different ways that you might look at uh, keeping money in a company or or not expending the money into your own pocket to make sure that it, you, you know, you're not going to pay child support or spousal support or income tax on that. Some of that's legitimate, right? It, you know, there's income tax, you know, measures that people take to save money and not pay income tax on money now. Um, and so some of that's legitimate, but on the other side of it, uh, you know, like I say, they could be taking money from that corporation and paying it to a new spouse or a family member, uh, that they're actually netting it in their own household. And so it should be benefiting their kids or it should be benefiting the spouse. Uh, so that's something to consider. They could be just holding on to money in that corporation. Uh, the corporation could be buying assets or getting services that are actually a personal benefit to the shareholders, which, uh, you know, could be a vehicle, could be their cell phone. Uh, and so if you're getting a personal benefit out of that, well, you owe your kids uh, some child support based on the benefits that you get out of that. Okay, so if somebody's watching this video right now and they go, 
okay, I just heard you say a bunch of shit. Yeah, whoa. What? It just kind of all went over my head. What do I want to look at? Let's assume I got the tax return and my husband or my ex-partner's got a company or a controlling interest in the company. So I get the financial statements for the company. What do I want to look at in that financial statement? What's the very first thing you look at in a financial statement? What's look the at easiest the thing to look at in a financial statement when it comes to whether or not there's income that should be added to what's on his tax return? The expenses deducted. No. Can you tell me? <laughs> the first thing you're going to look at is pre-tax corporate income. Oh, yeah. Well, sure. You want to know how much money actually exists. Yeah. Um, and there's a case that I did actually in the Court of Appeal called Gouet and Gouet. Yeah. And they basically said, look, if you got a company and you got money left in the company, what we call pre-tax corporate income. So money that you've earned, the company has earned, that didn't get paid to you. We're going to add that to your personal income unless you give us a good reason why that's not reasonable. And the onus shifts on the business owner. So, so just to make it clear, because this stuff's kind of complicated and I'd like to try to simplify it. Yeah. If I have a company, Robco, and I make $200,000 this year, I don't need $200,000 to live. And so I take out $80,000 for my expenses. And I leave the other $120,000 in the company. Now, one way or another, whether it's paid out as a dividend or a corporate director salary, um, there's $120,000 income in the company and 80,000 in my name. And I could have taken that 120 out, theoretically. I just chose not to. And so the courts basically look at that and they say, okay, um, if you got income left in the company, what we call pre-tax corporate income, not post-tax, pre-tax corporate income, that's what you're gonna look for. You're gonna add that to the income under line 150 of their tax return or what they've declared. That's your starting point. That's the easiest thing to do to begin with. Now, if they have half the company, then you're going to add half the pre-tax corporate income. If yeah. they've got a third, add a third of the pre-tax corporate income. Now, if they have shares in IBM or something, then, then that's not particularly relevant. But if they have something approaching a controlling interest, something more than 15 or 20%, add their proportion share of pre-tax corporate income to their personal income. And so for me, if I was talking to somebody saying, how do you start and where do you start? I'd say start with line 150, income tax return personal, and then get the financial statement and add the pre-tax corporate income. If they own the company, yeah. Yeah. Now, it's a little funkier than that because dividends aren't expenses of the company. Um, and so typically, you're going to add all the pre-tax corporate income and you're going to deduct the dividend income from the, from the personal return. Um, and that gets a little more complicated, but at a minimum, you're going to want to see what did the company make that he decided not to take up or that him and his brothers or whatever. Yeah. So to me, that's step two. No, would you? Agree? Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. And then I think you're right. Step three, which is a little more complicated yet is have a good look at the expenses of the corporation and ask yourself, are those real expenses or are they business expenses 
masquerading as something else. And the right. two biggest things that you pop up are personal benefit. So he's paying for the lease on his truck. And it's the only truck he has. He's writing it off 100%, but it's at least 50% personal. Cell phones. You see that all the time. Yeah. Business use of home expense. Rental. Yeah. I see that all the time. $500 a month, they're paying for the office in their living room. Yeah. That's not a real expense because they're not paying it to a third party. Right. So when you look at the expenses, are there expenses that are personal benefit that the company's paying for that aren't really a business expense, um, particularly business use of home expense? Yeah. Um, and, and those are two of the things I look at. So. Personal return line 150, pre-tax corporate income, and then looking at the expenses and say, to what extent are these uh, not really business expenses? Right. Now, my experience is most accountants are getting a little more conservative about that. Back in the day, when I was a young man like yourself, you wouldn't believe the stuff we'd see as expenses. Holidays, trips, golf memberships you know, yeah. tons of stuff, not quite as much now, but still have a good look at it and look at the expenses and uh, ask yourself, or some of those personal, when you add those things in, you're going to get something that starts to look like uh, real income. Yeah. You're in the ballpark now. That's right. Yeah. And then generally, uh, just to mention it, the same principles would apply for somebody who makes money from either a partnership or an unincorporated business, but yeah. the process might look different. But that that whole that this is that's what you'd want to look at exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, you know. Um, now sometimes you know people are he's hiding money, he's working for money under the table. Um, that can be really difficult, and that's a hard thing to uh, prove. It's a hard thing to find. And you got to be very careful whether you're on your own. And particularly if you're dealing with a lawyer, okay, uh, how much do I want to spend to chase around $1,000 a year that he's doing under the table? You better be pretty careful about that. Yeah, careful. With that, that number has to be significant to make it worthwhile to go yeah. hard in the yeah. paint, that issue. And that's something we do. That's so if you need to hire a lawyer, do it. But yeah. yeah is when I've caught up a few guys on this, you get copies of their their credit card bills. Yeah. And bank statements. Yeah. For say six months. And you compare those to see if the credit card bills are getting paid from the bank statement. Yeah. Or transfers between bank accounts. The guy takes the cash that he's making on the side and uses that to pay down his MasterCard. And suddenly you've got evidence that there's income coming from somewhere else and it's documented because there's an $800 a month MasterCard payment that does not come out of his bank Yeah, the paycheck goes. Yeah. So that's a place to look uh, as well. And oftentimes that's I'll find- That's always perfect, but it's never perfect. No, that's right. Yeah. Oftentimes I'll find transfers between bank accounts that haven't been disclosed. So there'll be yeah. you know monthly transfers to this bank account with a number. Well, I don't know what it is. What is it? And they, it comes out, oh, well, that's my other bank account, or that's my new girlfriend's bank account. 
Okay, well, let's talk about that. And you mentioned it earlier as well, is who are you paying a salary to? And that's one of the typical things of the notes to disclose is they're supposed to disclose people they're paying that aren't at arm's length. Now, they don't always do that. But you can do a corporate search yourself at a registry office, and you might find out that the new wife has shares in the company. Yeah. And what if she's not working there, but she's drawn a salary? That might be considered as income. In fact, yeah. on WET, oddly enough, uh, before we got to the applying the corporate income to his personal income, uh, the company was in the name of his wife. And she was making all sorts of money. Um, even though uh, he was really the one running the company. That's right. If it's a good case. If you're a lawyer, read it. It's a good case. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, Roger, or not a lawyer, judge at the first level. And he didn't want to pierce the corporate veil. And the Court of Appeals said, no, no, this seems like a bit of a sham. Yeah. So the wife being the business owner did not fool, fool the Court of Appeal and Goet, G-O-E-T-T, Look up that case, you can find it on Canley. Um, it, it you know, kind of says you can go through the company if it looks like it's perpetuating a scam yeah. to avoid child support. So those and are kind of the things I wanted to highlight today. Just some very basic, get the tax return. Don't rely on his pay statements or his notice of assessment. You're entitled to it, get it and make that request in writing. If he's got a corporate interest, get financial statements for the company, generally at least three years, and go through that and see if some of that can be included in his income. And look at the corporate expenses. And are they legit? Uh, are they phony in one way or another? Yeah. The last thing is kind of not so much legal, it's not analytical, but it's personal. Um, the you're just a blood-sucking so-and-so, and I'm going to let all their friends know that you're bleeding me dry. You know, these are the words of somebody that doesn't want to pay reasonable support, and you shouldn't feel guilty about asking for information relevant to supporting your children. So don't fall for that. In fact, when you hear that, you should double down. That means he wants to hide something. So try not to be intimidated or embarrassed um, are made to feel like you're being greedy because you want information. That's what you're entitled to. So, so those are kind of my thoughts today. Um, you shouldn't feel guilty about looking at your ex-partner and going, how much money do you make? Um, that's my thoughts for today. I don't know if that's helpful, but uh, if you have questions about that, um, again, email Tyler or myself. Um, we'll be happy to respond. Um, and uh, I don't know. That's my deal for today. That's it. Have a good weekend, everybody. Yeah. Cheers. Got planned. Um, I, I, you know what? I bought, uh, I bought a half cow all butchered. It's all butchered now. So I'm going to go pick that up out in the country somewhere. So if I find my way there and back, um, I don't well, know what I'm going to do. Butchered. What's that? At half an unbutchered cow. That, that wouldn't be fun. If that's what they want to load up in my truck, yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do with that. There's <laughs> a cut and paper and everything? That's what he tells me, yeah, yeah. Lots so of here's it. hoping. I hope Lots it tastes good. good. I bought a whole bunch of it. <laughs> nice. Yeah, how about you? Um, golfing tomorrow morning. Nice, good. Uh, Puttering around the home a little bit. Um, 
Yeah, he's better probably play a little bit of Warzone. Good, all right, good. Cool. If anyone plays Warzone, Sergeant Rock, two R's, R-R-O-C-K. And uh, hey, if you have questions uh, and you find me on Warzone, I'm happy to answer between shooting each other. Perfect. All right, well, have a good weekend. And, you too. Uh, I guess we'll see you Monday. You certainly will. Das Vidanya. Das Vidanya. <laughs>